Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. Today's episode brought to you by Neutral Vodka Seltzer, made with real vodka, real seltzer, real juice. It's neutral, the one with the umlaut. It's Friday, March 24th, 2023. This is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, that's Tess Millis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him. It's the bearded one, Matapsha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, JD. Hello! There he is! Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like the vid. Please subscribe. Grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, etc. And if you've ever wanted a subscription to The Athletic, now is the time to get one. One dollar a month. For 12 months. Yeah, by subscribing today, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks and you can get access to thousands of stories and ad-free podcasts as well. Dollar a month. Up to 12 months there. Um, And also check out yesterday's No Buffs podcast, our recap of episode four of Survivor 44 with very special guest Owen Knight here in the factory. We even had him sign our Jeff Probst (laughs) cardboard cutout uh and we just had a blast he was incredible you know sharing stories from his time on the island in survivor 43 and his thoughts on uh episode four so go check that out no buffs it's on youtube feed it's on podcast feed this weekend in this very feed we are re-releasing the next installment uh, of our 2021 (laughs) summer podcast series fast friends where we tackle every single movie from the Fast and Furious franchise. So uh, up tomorrow on Saturday, 2006's Tokyo Drift. A polarizing flick. A polarizing <laughs> in flick In the FF indeed. universe. Uh, I also forgot with this one, you won't notice at all when it comes to the actual podcast, listening to it on Apple or Spotify, but this was the YouTube version where we forgot to record it. So the first like 15 minutes is this incredible graphic that one of you guys made of Dom saying, somebody forgot to press record. It looks amazing. Uh, And then we kick on like 15 minutes in. So Very cool. Uh, Yeah, Tokyo Drift. That drops tomorrow, tomorrow, our uh, third uh, installment here of our Fast Friends series. One more thing. We even teased the graphic for a second. Live show in Houston. Monday, April 3rd at the White Oak Music Hall. Tickets are free. Just use the link in our show notes. It's right around the corner, guys. So get your tickets. Come hang with us on Monday, April 3rd. And exciting news about this show. The Athletics Houston Rockets beat writer Kelly Eco. He's going to join us on stage for a little basketball talk. And for you NCAA sickos, White Oak and Neutral 
has promised to show the championship game on, quote, their ginormous big screen. Hey. Following hey. the live podcast. So they stick around. They called it ginormous? They called it ginormous. Huh. They tweeted at me, Tass. And said it was ginormous. Uh, White Oak did the the uh, music hall. So yeah, that's going to be a blast. It's not a projector. Apparently, it's like an LED screen. This place is nice. Okay, I hear it's oh, nice. This place is a little too nice for us. Okay, it might be a little too nice for us. <laughs> we we usually play in like dive bars, man. I know. Well, it's the neutral. People. Okay, it's eight. Hey, look, like. we're pumped. Neutral uh, sponsoring this live show Monday, April third. So get your tickets if you are in town for the final four in Houston, or you live in the area. Uh, come see us, Kelly Eco again. Like I said, that's going to be a blast. Okay, Kelly Eco and Trey Kirby are going to have a fit off. I think. Oh, good call. Yeah, you think I got to bring it? I he's going to be at home court advantage, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, he's got to decide what he's What am I supposed to do? Travel with several options? With clothing? <laughs> uh, yeah, he brings it. He brings it. Yeah. I know you'll bring it, so no problem. I'll do my best. All right, I can't wait for that. Uh, on today's drop podcast, we are going to discuss Jalen Brown's future with the Boston Celtics. In a brand new segment we came up mere hours ago with called Read and React. Read and Reacts. I guess sounds cooler. But it's just read and react. It's just read something and talk about it. Uh, Tass has Worst of the Week nominees. we got Rapid Fire Fun. But let's touch on last night's games quickly. I'm going to lump uh, two of them together here. We had Okoro's three-pointer to send the Cavs past the Nets, 116-114. And then Paolo Bancaro and the Magic Turn back the Knicks, 111-106. This is important, of course. Cavs win, Nets lose, Knicks lose because of where these teams are jockeying for playoff position tasks. But uh, I don't know if you have thoughts specifically on either of those games. Who needs March Madness? We had a great ending in Brooklyn <laughs> there. It was a wild Crazy. one. Didn't seem like the Cavs were going to pull this thing out. I'm not sure how it happened. They're down eight with two minutes left. And they're uh, still down two, 24 seconds left. They pull up the press. Somehow, they got a turnover on that press. Donovan Mitchell driving to the hoop to try and tie the game, fouled by Spencer Dinwiddie intentionally, and they were out of fouls. So he goes to the line. Donovan Mitchell wanted a continuation. The ref said no. Can we review that? Thankfully, no. So he goes to the line, hits one, misses the second, the best the best misser in the world. I thought for a second after he went after that second one that maybe he missed because he's so good at missing, but he maybe he missed purposely, but he missed on accident he went after it missed twice in trying to finish it off there and it came out to Karis LeVert and this is where the play started what a, what a play by Karis LeVert seven seconds left just calmly calmly found Isaac Okoro in the corner usually you'd think Karis LeVert's gonna fire that thing that's his reputation he's gonna shoot that ball with seven seconds left but he took his time this is the best version of Karis LeVert we've ever seen he's grown a lot as a player even though his points per game are way down than his uh, earlier in his career in Brooklyn find Okoro uh, who buried that shot from three and he's got the confidence he's got three straight months of shooting 40 percent over three he does not shoot a lot right not by any means but he'll hit one a game He'll hit one and a half a game in this one, his first game winner, and he knew it, he said, after the game. Oh, yeah, that's my first one. And he felt good uh, shooting that ball, and he felt good having the confidence of his teammates. But bad loss for the Nets, uh, dropping mm-hmm. them into the play-in tournament picture because they should have won this thing. Yeah, they're now half a game back be, uh, behind the Miami Heat for that conference's final guaranteed playoff spot. They're in seventh, and the Knicks, after losing three in a row, they're only one and a half up. Awesome night for the Heat. Heat. Yes, very good night (laughs) for the Heat. They did nothing. New York has seven games left. Miami has eight. The winner of that race is going to get Cleveland in the first round. Loser will get Boston or Philly, uh, very likely. So, yeah, any thoughts on the 
on that madness game in the NBA. There were some great games in, uh, obviously, uh, the Sweet 16 last night, too, but this was pretty wild ending. Tass nailed it. That was March Madness because an eight-point lead with two minutes, you should probably win that game unless you turn the ball over three times in the last couple of minutes, which you see all the time in a March Madness game. <laughs> Maybe not always in an NBA game, but that's what happened for the Nets. It allowed Cleveland to start playing downhill, get some easy baskets and semi-transition, and then Tass is totally right. Good poise by Karis LeVert to not panic and just chuck up a three because you never know how much time is actually going to be left on the clock after two offensive rebounds after uh mitchell's miss you could just be scrambling thinking i got one second left to chuck it up nah he found uh a coro there in the corner biggest shot of his career i heard on uh the daily ding this morning they were saying maybe the best pass of karis lavert's career (laughs) (laughs) great stuff uh regardless and man donovan mitchell this guy is just a clutch lane violator i know he He knows how to get in yep they they ain't watching the shooter (laughs) they're watching for fouls underneath so get in early it worked out for him man he was focused though trying to shoot that free throw calming himself down and he missed three shots you weren't the only one uh like confused if you want to call it that whether or not he actually meant to miss it on purpose i think house of highlights had the youtube short and they labeled it as like intentionally misses free throw to set up game winner it's like no he didn't uh i'm pretty sure he wanted to hit the second to tie the game up but it came up short and he timed it perfectly again helped out by the lane violation Missed sort of the easy bunny at first yeah. somehow goes back to him again and then he sort of botched the second one within the traffic and then nets players there was like two or three of them around the ball, and it just like squirted out Bloop. to Lavert, who made a million great plays down the stretch. Like you said, they were down eight. He got it going right. He scored in transition to cut it to six. Well, actually, he was fouled. Went to the line, hit both free throws. Then he got one of those steals off of Bridges that went the other way, uh, where he uh, set up another basket. And then he had that one where, yeah, great trap from Mitchell and Garland on Dinwiddie, I believe it was, in the backcourt. Kicked ahead to Dorian Finney-Smith, but he's sort of like, I'm falling out of bounds on the sideline. And he sort of chucks it behind him, and that was Levert. I mean, he's just got a nose for a ball, nose for the ball in these situations. And he was a big reason why they won this game. Um, but rough loss from the Nets here, especially as they fall into the play-in. Yeah, and they've really been struggling, basically... I mean, their season turned when Kevin Durant went down. <laughs> They're, I think, 12-22 and 22 or something along those lines. Since then, obviously, the, che- the team has completely changed over. Yeah. But they had this win. I will say, I loved all the Seafoam Green accessories yeah. that they were wearing last night. Apparently, it was for Women's Impact Night, a nod to the New York Liberty, who also play in the Barclays Center. It looks sweet. They should wear seafoam green yeah, with their black awesome. and white all the time. It looked really, really cool. Nice little pop of color there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anything from the, the Knicks game there, uh, losing there to the Magic. And, and like I said, took you through the sort of standings. It's a tough loss. They're still in the driver's seat, but not good here to the Orlando Magic. Yeah, the Knicks seems like they peaked at the wrong time, getting their winning streak uh, a couple weeks ago, ending at nine. And then Jalen Brunson went out, mm. and he wasn't in this game, so you could easily just attribute it to that. You could just say... Julius Randle sort of sped up. Emmanuel quickly sort of sped up. You put in that rock in Jalen Brunson that slows things down and maybe all is right in the world. But at the same time, they haven't been shooting well for a long time. They haven't shot well. The last nine games, they're shooting about 33% from three. And I wonder if the Jalen Brunson injury is serious or not. They have seven games to really find their flow. But Jalen Brunson, uh, uh, Newsday's Steve Popper said he had a hard plastic brace on his right wrist which is sprained Hmm. does that mean it's bad i don't know but hard i guess is worse than soft 
So, uh, so, okay. so I, I would think that it's 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 slightly worrisome that they had that role a few weeks ago when they won nine in a row and they haven't found that groove whatsoever. Who played well last night for them? Quentin Grimes, but that's about Grimes, it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, Julius Randle extremely peeved. Uh, again, uh, Bancaro getting under his skin, Magic getting under his skin, and they were poised down the stretch. The Magic, mm-hmm. super poised down the stretch. And you had Wendell Carter being the calm one. You had Gary Harris being the calm one in the fourth quarter, while the Knicks didn't have that. So it's it is worry time, I think, uh, for the Knicks. Seven games is not a lot, and yeah, they need Brunson back. Yes, yeah. clearly. Yeah. Any thoughts on uh, on the Knicks and uh, Magic game? I totally agree about Brunson and Randall because I just feel like when Randall plays in these games without Brunson and he is the unquestioned number one guy, the pressure like overloads him sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think like he was on tilt after uh, he got a technical thing in the first half, right? And then he was just completely. <laughs> Completely fired up, uh, he's and you know that's fi- quickly. He's screaming at his own teammates, yeah. exactly. And I feel like when Brunson plays, the vibes are just a little more chill and yeah. a little more steady uh, for the entire team. But I also thought uh, that this was kind of the schedule catching up to the Knicks. They likely overlooked the Magic to begin with. That was also their third game in four nights, and you could tell it in the fourth quarter. The Magic looked a lot fresher. They hit seven threes uh, in the fourth quarter, which is tough stuff. And like Tass said, Wendell Carter Jr. completely outplayed Mitchell Robinson last night. It was all effort and just being in the right place. Knicks looked a step slow, so they're probably hoping the playoffs start soon. And mm-hmm. they did this thing where they got down a ton, the Knicks did, got it all back in the third quarter, and then still a quarter to Tough play, to and the Magic it. took care yeah. of business uh, down the stretch. And and Markel Fultz, uh, I like to see him getting a lot of love recently, it feels like, from some of the sicko bloggers out there. Um, he didn't have an amazing game shooting the ball in this one, but he is playing really well for Orlando, and he had an incredible sort of dropping it over his shoulder dime in traffic right at the net. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was a beauty assist, um, and he's just playing really well. So it's nice to see him like finding his footing here in the league. Going over to the Western Conference wins, just quickly here, Brandon Ingram, first career triple-double for B.I., lifted the Pelicans past the Hornets, and Kawhi scored 32 as the Clippers beat the Thunder without Paul George. It was close for about three quarters as well, and then the Clippers uh, just hammered them in the fourth. Um, Any thoughts on either of those two games? Yeah, Trey said it yesterday. It's tough to beat a team twice in a row, especially a good team, so Thunder took them on uh, Tuesday night, and then Kawhi was angry at the way that game ended that long possession so mm-hmm. we had robot Kawhi. that was a sequel yeah. Kawhi. Yep. i was i was robocop 2 i was uh i robot 2 look like megan out maybe there. terminator yeah, i'll go with megan i mean i we went two <laughs> two old ones let's stick uh somewhat modern megan not they made a technically megan a robot no no just megan oh. uh they will. They will. They give yeah. it time megan, yeah. megan is yeah. chucky too Let's be honest. Yeah. Chucky eight. I guess <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of Chucky's. Uh, but he was thirteen to fifteen. He was a robot out there. He he just rolled over them. And that's why I think every series that the Clippers are going to play in the in the postseason, it's going to be a seven game series. However many they play, uh, I don't think I don't think they're going to be good enough to romp teams. Mm. But they ain't losing either. You see teams, guys like Batum uh, yesterday with four threes. Those type of guys, maybe not great night in and night out but great every second night. Uh, so I think we're going to have some long ones with the, with the Clippers. Two weeks remain in the regular season, basically just over two weeks. Six teams in the Western Conference are tied with 37 losses. Six teams with the exact same amount of losses at this point with 
less than 10 games to go for a lot of these squads or all of these squads at this point. JD, I think you got the playoff picture. We can show everyone here on YouTube at least. Uh, Pelicans now in there in the 10th seed. Um, you see the, the movement there in the Eastern Conference. Anything jump out at you, TK? I mean, that was a huge win for New Orleans taking on a team like the Hornets that they need to beat go because they're heading out on a four-game road trip uh, starting tomorrow, and it's basically against good teams. They got the Blazers thrown in there. That's kind of their only gimme for the rest of the season, so I thought pretty good stuff for Brandon Ingram to actually put the team on his back, yeah. uh, coming out really strong in the first half, and then I thought Jonas Valanciunas had a massive impact in the fourth quarter. They were just posting him up every single time. It looked like 1998 all over again, but... The ball was moving. It was going into the post. It was coming back out. It was finding guys uh, for shots. And then, like Tass said, quite was so good last night. Uh, seven for seven in the first half. But I was almost more impressed with his playmaking. He was passing the ball so well. Very contagious, I thought. They finished with 34 assists. They look great. All right, let's get to our brand new segment here on the No Dunks Drop Podcast. It's called Read and Reacts. shared some articles we read them we react to them it's as simple as that but you had to have read it on a kindle like that guy okay all right i I gotta go home real quick and i'll be back in 38 minutes okay first one uh it's from espn's uh dave mcmenamin and Woj. lebron james could play final week of the regular season Now, they wrote, LeBron is progressing toward a comeback from his right foot injury, and there is increasing optimism that the Lakers star could return to play a few games in the final week of the regular season. Now, here's the interesting part. LeBron (laughs) tweeted soon after this article. He read and reacted. Uh, This is what LeBron said, quote, There wasn't an evaluation today, and there hasn't been any target date for my return. I'm just working around the clock every day, three times a day, to give myself the best chance of coming back full strength whenever that is, God bless y'all sources. <laughs> Face palm emoji. I speak for myself. That was LeBron. Hmm. Countering two of the most plugged in guys when it comes especially to the Lakers, McMenamin and Woe. So, uh, react. <laughs> <laughs> we said he's working out three times a day. All, all I know is when we're leading up to the play-in tournament or the playoffs, wherever they may land, Start releasing some footage from those workouts. That's what I think. Start intimidating your opponent. Mm, mm, okay. This 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 guy, the best of this era, working out hard three times a day, shirt off, I'm sure, yelling, screaming, <laughs> tight bands on the arms, making mm. him look uh, super jacked. Let's do it. You just want to see some footage. Well, advantage LeBron. I mean, that, the part of the game is intimidation. That's all I'm thinking. When he's saying he's working out three times a day, I believe him. Puts a lot of money into his bod. And especially this time of year, I think he is. This is his, I don't know if it's his, you know, last run as a number one guy, whatever it is. It's, he's taking it seriously. Well, why did I he, think he, why did he tweet this, though? Like, this was, this is strange, this part of it all. These guys saying, looks like he's probably going to come back in the final week of the regular season. And he's like, I speak for myself. Don't tell me when I'm coming back. <laughs> there was no evaluation. Your sources. I'm practicing so hard. Yeah. And I might be back. Uh, I will be back eventually. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, very weird. Uh, I guess weird. we were just kind of expecting a LeBron update at about this time. We got a LeBron update, mm-hmm. but he says that's not completely the right update. But then you look at their schedule and you see that they've got the Clippers, Suns, and Jazz, their last three games. Yeah. All of them are in L.A. because the last two are home games. The other one's an away game. 
in Crypto.com Arena. So I look at that and think, yeah, LeBron could play in the final week of the regular season. Those games are going to be super important. They'll have a chance, perhaps, at being the number six seed, uh, depending on how things shake out in this next week here. So I think if it matters, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see LeBron out there because ain't nobody want to go into the play-in tournament, especially LeBron. He's trying to get that guy fired. That came up with the yeah, play Yeah, he's like, tournament. no way. But actually, you know what? It's okay. It's if okay since I'm going to be in it. Yeah. You know, it'll be all right. Going to give me a chance. Yeah. Uh, so the Lakers have stayed afloat here without LeBron. I mean, they've gone 7-5 and five since he was sidelined. Uh, they've won their last two. That, that trade, that three-team deal at the deadline uh, with Minnesota and Utah, it saved their season. I think that's fair to say because they turned it around. They turned Westbrook, JTA, Damian Jones, the 27 first-round pick and then a 24 second-round pick into D'Angelo Russell who's played pretty solid for them after coming back from injury. Jared Vanderbilt, guy that plays defense, gives them some energy. And then Malik Beasley, uh, a three-point shooter. You pair that with AD at center. Austin Reeves playing incredibly as a point guard, playmaking, putting pressure on the rim. And then those other guys, like I said, D'Angelo Russell, shot creation, some defense from Vanderbilt, some three-point shooting from Beasley, shooter off the bench. You add LeBron to this team, can you convince yourself, damn, why couldn't they make a run? Or is it just so far back, such a struggle, even maybe getting into the play-in or out of the play-in into the playoffs, like it's just like too far, it's just too much to ask even if LeBron is back putting up 30 and 10s. What do you think? Nobody's going to want to play the Lakers. That will be the go-to line when we're talking about Lakers playoff previews. I think they can win with a healthy LeBron playing to his capabilities. They can win any series in the Western Conference, but it'll be hard to win three straight series in the Western Conference, even though their team clearly makes a lot more sense. We just haven't really seen them playing all together. How many games did LeBron even get to play with all of these new guys? Two or three? Something like that. We saw a huge Malik Beasley game once upon a time. We saw Jared Vanderbilt's defense once upon a time, but we haven't seen what their actual playoff rotation is going to look like, which is why LeBron will likely come back to get a little bit of a run with these guys. Yeah, it's a good point about them not having played together because the first thing people will say if they make the play-in tournament is these guys have experience. You don't want to play them. But they do have to have chemistry going mm-hmm. into the playoffs somewhere. But there's so and many other teams like that too yeah, in the Western exactly. Conference. <laughs> with the Suns and Durant, even the Mavericks to some extent. They haven't played a ton of games, Kyrie and Luka together. Yeah. Like it's wild how many teams are like that. Yeah, but the strongest teams in the Nuggets, the Grizzlies to some degree, at least they're, they've played together. And, you know, with the Suns, sure, that's a decent example. They're not going to have played that many games. They're not as old. As, as 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 the Lakers, I think I think the other point is they haven't played a lot together. And the second thing is, it's hard to win all these series over and over and over again. Can they go on a run? Yeah. How long is this run? Is it a quick sprint? We're running a hundred meters. They can win one series if that's a hundred meters. But we're running a we're running a fifteen hundred meter. You got to take all those other teams I, I mentioned there. You're taking the Nuggets. You're taking the Suns. Uh, and, but yeah, the, it is it is still somewhat open there's no doubt Mm -hmm. but it's hard to do two months you're asking them to run for two months i don't know our next article this was a great one from the ringers logan murdoch uh encourage you to go read it seek it out if you haven't uh it's titled jalen brown is trying to find a balance uh and there was uh, a lot of intrigue from this article tk especially around jalen brown being a little non-committal to his future with the Boston Celtics. I don't think that's a stretch for me to say, uh, you know, really in his words. Uh, But what were your thoughts on this article? The quote, I will stay where I'm needed and treated correct. 
to me sounds like saying, you better pay up, buddy, because mm-hmm. he's going to be eligible for an extension here pretty soon. It could be a super duper max contract, depending on how things shake out with all NBA at the end of the season. And reading it, it feels like Jalen Brown doesn't totally trust the front office because he knows that Jason Tatum is their number one guy. And it's been made quite obvious the fact that he was in Kevin Durant trade rumors over the summer that the team and Wick Grusbeck come right to him and talk about you're not in trade rumors right now when KD became available again at the trade deadline. He just is like, I don't know what they're doing. They tell me what they're saying, but I don't necessarily know if it's true because I think Jalen Brown knows deep down in his heart, if they could have traded me for Kevin Durant, they probably would have done it if the price wasn't too high. So I don't know. It feels a little bit like he's making sure that the Celtics know that he is a quality player. The guy's awesome. And he's really grown since he's come to Boston as well. So he wants to get paid the way he should be paid uh, come summertime. But also, I don't think he's going to be a lifelong Celtic. I mean, I don't necessarily know that this means he's asking out in the summer if they don't come with a super-duper max contract. But it just seems like he's got a lot of interests, a lot of ideas that he wants to explore in places that likely will not be Boston. After reading this one, I thought, have I already read this article? Uh, I thought... Have I been doing a lot of reading and reacting? Because uh, there was uh, another article by Sopan Deb on the New York Times, which wasn't all that dissimilar. Mm. He was talking this week. I mean, he went on a short media run of two different authors and Murdoch and Deb and basically telling it like it is. To me, reading these two articles made me like him more. I thought he was just he was just real, really. I mean, he he's, he, ta- he said he's about something. He said he's about... Uh, the players getting more of the league profits. I uh, he said he's about kids getting education, and he's looking out for himself. And he also he he said stuff smart stuff like to the New York Times. He said, "Listen, maybe if I I don't see eye to eye with Celtics owners, but it doesn't mean we can't win a championship together." And he also called out part of the Celtics fan base for getting after him, which is true. And he just said, I'm a max dude without saying I'm a max dude. He's a max mm-hmm. dude. He is. Yes. He deserves it. So I would after... be amazed if he is not an all NBA selection this year. Now the problem might be, and the voters need to get on the same page with this one. Are we voting for him for a guard or are we voting him for a forward? Because I believe, you know, you'll be given that option as a voter. But if let's say 40 people put him all NBA uh, forward and 38 put him all NBA guard, they don't jam the two together and say, well, okay, that's 78 votes for a forward. They say, nope, you only got 40 as a forward. Like, it could screw him here. I hope that's not In the case. In terms of I his think, next contract. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, that's super, super max. But we're talking 250 million ish. Yeah. And so, just to be clear, he signed through next year. Yeah. He signed, you know, be a free agent in the summer of 2024 unless they extend him this offseason, which, why the hell wouldn't they? It's, it's up to him if he wants to sign it. But well, I imagine. But he might be silly to do that because of increase in, in what he could eventually make. So he probably will not, depending again on this All NBA thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, the All NBA thing. He could sign a, a a big, big max this off season and be paid more than Jason Tatum. Do you think he'll be a Boston Celtic then, like his next contract? You think he's going to sign a max contract? They've given that. Like, why wouldn't they? Or yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, they've had so much success as a team and as a duo. Like, that's what everybody's looking for is big wings who can play on both ends of the court. The Celtics have two of them, and they're young. But I can foresee a future, like, if the Celtics don't win a championship, things will change eventually, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown, I could see him wanting his own team, wanting to be the number one guy. He gets to be the number one guy a lot with Boston, but he's behind Tatum in the pecking order. So maybe he sets his sights somewhere else. 
Like, for instance, his hometown of Atlanta. Yeah, we shall yeah see. there's a lot of Dallas Mavericks rumors, too, uh, with the Jason Kidd-Cal connection. And sure. uh, there's a lot of talk about him and Kyrie sort of, like, uh, you know, fixing, if you want to say, their relationship. Uh, who knows if he's going to be in Dallas. Uh, there was one line in this that stuck out to me from Logan. Quote, Brown generally doesn't trust easily. And now that extends to his relationship with the Celtics. Uh, end quote on that. And that, I mean... You can sort of sense that from this guy. Um, and also, you know, I heard Bill Simmons talking to Logan about this article. This idea of, like, all these rumors coming up, did the Celtics not do a great enough job in saying, dude, we're not trading you, man. We don't want to trade you. Like, don't don't believe any of this. Don't believe these, like, teams probably leaking this. To, well, like, they did do that, didn't this. they? And then they had it out there as a rumor. I mean, then it was a big yeah, rumor. Right, right. Afterward. I mean, I know if you're the Celtics, it's like, well, what can we do? It's like... If it's the Nets leaking this rumor to Reporter X, like, we can come out and say it all we want, but it's still, it's like out there. And it's like, also, it's Kevin Durant. Exactly. It's like... He knows he would be traded for Kevin Durant. Right. Yeah. I guess he would still take offense to it. Yeah. As you, Why not? If, when, yeah. You're, when you're a top 15 player. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could have gone to him afterward and said, we didn't want to trade you. That would probably be a lie, though. Yeah. yeah. Because it did seem like they were in talks yeah. for Kevin Durant. Any other thoughts? On this, it is a great article. Uh, again, Definitely. go check yeah. this one out from from Logan. He put a lot of work into this. It is funny that both of those came out because these were like these weren't done in three days. You know, these were months of uh, at least in Logan's case. Can't speak for the other one, but I'm sure it took a while. Yeah, it, uh, it seemed to be timed. It seemed to be this. This. Mm-hmm. This is clearly his way of saying. I want to be paid. Mm. Um, I, I don't think it's uh, an, an accident that these two happen to come out and there's a, a media tour which had two stops. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, maybe Murdoch writes quickly. I don't know. Because uh, I, I think Debs, he, he's a quick writer. The man writes books. So I, I, I feel like uh, it's, it's just Jalen Brown voicing his 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 business. And, and I like that. He called out the in the New York Times article, he called out the Celtics fan base. He said, if you have a bad game, they tie it to your personal character. Uh, uh, he's He's been a good player for them, a good role model for them. He hasn't complained about being the number two guy. There's controversy, but I, I, in in terms of his, you know, his relationship to Kanye and 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 the Kyrie comments afterwards. Mm-hmm. But he's made it clear that he supports Kyrie and and he has also made it clear that we can disagree, and I, and I enjoy that about him. We can disagree, but at the end of the day, he is uh, he is focused on winning a championship and focused on the right thing. There is this whole part of whether or not he just doesn't want to be in Boston because he wants to be somewhere else Yep, for mm-hmm. whatever his personal reasons, either with the organization, fan base, city, all of that. This, this is an underlying part to all of these articles, I think, and we don't really know. He's not come out and said that. You know what I mean, and especially like... Even like, all right, here's $250 million, man. Like, are you going to say, nah, no, I don't really like it here. I'd rather go X. <laughs> oh, geez, I mean, I doubt he would do that. It'd be a little wild for anyone to turn down that type of money, generational money, but maybe. We haven't seen him make a choice yeah. to be in Boston yeah, yet, right? Like, it's like when your first contract comes up, your original team, not only can they match, they can pay you the most. That's also going to be the case here. And when you finally get a chance to, like, get your huge contract, you look around. Yeah. Final one here in Read and Reacts, uh, The Athletic's John Hollinger. Uh, interesting article titled, You Thought MVP Rookie of the Year and Other Races Were Settled? Not So Fast. Okay, so Hollinger <laughs> points out that if you had taken a survey around the All-Star break voting for at least three of the major awards, 
would have looked like slam dunks. Around the All-Star break, MVP, Jokic, Paolo, Rookie of the Year, and Mike Brown, Coach of the Year. Done, done, and done. But Johnny Holly says we've seen a giant sea change, and then he goes through each race. So I guess the question off this is, of those three, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach, which one, in your opinion, Trey, is the most settled? Which one do you think is the most locked up? Ooh, yeah, curveball. Yeah, curveball. <laughs> Not MVP. MVP right, is that's, yeah. super up for grabs right now. <sighs> hmm. I would lean rookie of the year. Okay. A lot of people talking up Jalen Williams. No doubt about it. He has been incredible since the All-Star break. Was great before the All-Star break, but has definitely taken it to another level. Scotty Barnes did steal the Rookie of the Year from Evan Mobley in the second half of last season, but I still think it's Paolo Boncaro. The guy's the number one player on the <laughs> Magic, and he's been the number one guy the entire season. Jalen Williams, maybe he's the number two guy for OKC right now. It's between him and Giddy for sure, but yep. he's not seeing the number one defender every single night, though Kawhi was on him for a huge chunk of the game last night. So, I don't know. I definitely think that uh, as the Magic have... Fallen in the standings, despite the fact that they're playing pretty well right now. Got a chance to <laughs> make some noise the last couple weeks of the season. The fact that OKC is still in the play-in race, maybe even in the playoff race, and that Jalen Williams is making these strides in the last quarter of the season. Definitely, he's getting more votes than he would have at All-Star break. Yeah, it was like, it was unanimous at the All-Star break. Like, everybody was like, yeah, he's going to get every single first-place vote, Paolo Bancaro. Now, there's Mike, There's very likely going to be some first-place votes for, for Jalen Williams. I think it could happen. And maybe even Walker Kessler in the Jets. Maybe. How many? I think a handful. I think a handful. <laughs> I, I think, I think this, a handful. this Hollinger's article is all about the MVP not being as settled as it was a couple months ago. Bancaro's still the number one guy. This is how people vote for a rookie of the year. Who had the best season and who has the best outlook in the future? And he's got both. He had the best season, and he's got the bi- brightest outlook out of all of those guys. As as good as J-Dub has been and Kessler has been, mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's ha- he's got both. So maybe he's not unanimous, and maybe maybe it's you know, 95% of votes, but it's freaking high. Okay. Uh, so I wouldn't worry about that. And Coach of the Year, maybe Michael Burton-Brown doesn't have it as, as much <laughs> as he did a couple months ago. Uh, uh, I, well, I still think he ultimately is going to. Sure. I, you know, I, I just don't know. At first... I don't know, and I don't want to know how how voters think about Coach of the Year, like because it could be. <laughs> it's, it could, it's it's just. I'll tell you how they do. It's, it's just it's, it's all based surprised. off expectations. Yeah, exactly. Sure, it's but all the, based off of that. But Willie Hardy's got some votes. Yeah. To be had. Uh, so <laughs> Willie. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's Mark? What's Mark's? Uh, I'm looking Marcus? up his middle name. I can't find it, man. <laughs> great, great article. Uh, well, who? Will Mark Hardy's? Mark I don't Dignall. know his middle name. Yeah. Good, sorry. Good. Are a good line by John Hollinger in this article. He said, "Mark Dignall has done so well. I, I finally tr- uh, learned or tried to learn how to pronounce his name. Just kidding. It's Mark. Yeah, that's uh, good one. Good one, Holly. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So MVP. So, MVP is the one. MVP is the one that is not settled, and it's totally true. At All-Star Weekend, we were in Utah, and the straw poll was done by our man Tim Bonteps, and it was, it was yeah, basically around. It was highly. Yep. And so, yeah, it feels loud like Joel Embiid. It feels like the, the uh, argument for Joel Embiid is very, very loud right now. Um, but I think it's pretty even between those two, I would say, Jokic and Embiid. I think it could – it's a seesaw. So people yelled, were yelling at Jokic a month ago. People are yelling Embiid right now, and there's still time. Mm-hmm. I think 
it's definitely not settled, and that's the exciting part. Yeah, there's an awesome line in this from Hollinger that, talking about the MVP, of course, once again, Giannis and Bede and Jokic are each having seasons that historically are usually good enough to win somebody an MVP trophy. So this is happening again. Consider that of the top 13 all-time seasons in PER, player efficiency rating, since individual turnovers started being tracked in 77 and 78, there have been seven such instances by these three guys in the past four seasons. They have more than half between the three of them of the greatest player efficiency rating seasons of all time. That is, that is well, they're, they're just the three best players in the league right now by a significant margin. Yeah. And that's why it's coming down to the wire and, and everybody's making their case for each guy. But the thing that changed at the All-Star break with Jokic was the Nuggets hit a slump and then the Sixers went on a massive, massive run. And then, oh yeah, there's just Giannis always lurking the entire totally. time because everybody's totally. like, he's probably the best player. And we don't talk enough about like, they missed Chris Middleton basically all season long. So that was like always an excuse or a, a good, uh, like a positive for Jokic winning previous seasons. Like he's missing his best, second best guy in, in these guys that were injured at the time in Jamal and stuff like that. We don't really talk about that with Giannis at all. And maybe it's because they have Drew and Brooke and they still have great yeah. talented team. Uh, maybe that's the reason, but it's still impressive. But I love this. Like, I mean, I know it gets a little toxic, this debate, but this is way better than somebody just running away with an MVP. Definitely. We have three elite big men of all time, hands down, with 10 days to go, trying to figure out like who's going to eke it out. Like This could be one of the closest MVP votes we ever get, is the other play. Other thing in play, I should say. Yeah, people remember that, right? Like, isn't it Charles Barkley and Magic Johnson is yeah. the closest one? 1990? People like something? me remember that on accident. <laughs> uh, didn't even know it was in there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the MVP race is awesome. And I don't know, Doc Rivers nailed it. He's like, we don't have to diss other guys to big up right. our guy. Unfortunately, that's exactly what starts happening once you talk about it. Because you got to compare them when yeah. it comes down Yeah. Uh, when it comes down to it. Uh, as long as we're just quoting lines here that we read, <laughs> I'd like to hear JD's reaction to this. Johnny Holly writes, he can still have his foibles. While Sixers fans have made a new sport out of Zap Rudering Jokic's defensive failings, hey, it's still better than pickleball. And Bede's own defensive effort can fluctuate sharply from play by wow. to play. The wow. Pickleball stray. I didn't the, expect the, that. The no. stray from the Zapruda film. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Man. Yeah. Listen, uh, I was watching pickleball yesterday, Major League uh, Pickleball. Uh, Daytona started this weekend. It's on right now. <laughs> a very pregnant woman playing in a Major League Pickleball. It's like, it's odd to see. You don't see and it very often. she's incredible, I assume. She's good. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. But, the, you know, Rachel and I are having a debate. Is this good for the sport or is it bad for the sport? You know, <laughs> no. like... You know, and then there's a there's another like uh, a 47 year old woman, and uh, she doesn't look like she's in the best shape, but she's an elite player. Is it good for the sport or not good? But she's like, it's great for the. Sport. I would say it's good for the sport. Yeah. How many weeks pregnant are we talking? I'm talking <laughs> like very quite, pregnant. I'm gonna guess between seven and eight months pregnant. Oh my goodness. Whoa. Yeah. And at one point, she kind of dove, like not she didn't dive, <laughs> but she was like leaning forward to to. To grab a dink, but uh, Rachel was well, like, she grabbed whoa, a dink whoa. seven or eight months ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, possibly, possibly. We don't know. Uh, yeah. Closest races in MVP history uh, just are Magic Johnson, Charles Barkley, and Michael Jordan was in that one. We had a Carl Malone, Michael Jordan in 96, 97. We had a Malone, Duncan, Alonzo Mourning in 98, 99. Nash and Sheck, 
0405, and then uh, the Westbrook, Harden, and Kawhi in 1617. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> that, was a, that was quite so, the race. I, I mean, I, it's feeling like it's going to crack one of the like that top five list this yeah. this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like the the crazy part is like you have to decide the order of the three. So it's not like I mean you're right. Maybe it is just Jokic and Bead, but you were like no. For it's not for just Jokic and Bead. Like I'm Giannis is going to get first consensus. place votes. Oh yeah. If oh, they're I, the number I, I, one I, I, team I, I, in the league, and you take into defense and all that, like it's tight. Close, close, close. Yeah. Tell close. me if this is true. Yeah. First twenty games of the season and the last twenty games of the season are the most important, have the biggest impact for voting. Hands down. Like Jason Tatum's still going to probably finish top five in MVP voting because he was on fire for the first 20 games of the season. Like Tatum, for the last half of the season, has been pretty average. Yeah, Jalen Brown's Celtics. been more consistent. Absolutely correct. Yeah. But we remember those first 20 Tatum yeah. games. Yeah. Even when it comes to like Embiid's case, people are like, yeah, but remember his very first three games of the season? He was slacking. Yeah. The you middle part of the set, season, set the tone, just like whatever happens. Set the tone and then yeah. recency bias. It's those... 100%. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good point. People like making up their mind early, for yep. sure. I mean, this is, it was a week ago. Embiid was the leader by far. Mm-hmm. People yell in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, that big... The, the game on March 27th, it might... It could, in some people, in some voters' minds, determine like where they lean to if... Jokic dominates Embiid, or Embiid once again dominates Jokic in that particular matchup. Like, we'll be watching on playback. Join us. Monday night. Monday night. Monday right. night. We'll, tr- we'll try not to turn to Monday night Raw. As long as the game is good, we won't go to WWE <laughs> Raw. But we I got like Jokic. We, I like when we jump Embiid. over to it for like literally 30 seconds and we're yeah. like, who's that guy? Max. Nice splash. <laughs> Otis. <laughs> Can't help it. Can't help it. I see that option. WWE. Do you want to watch this? Sure, <laughs> I like. Well, I, I rather than the wrestling, I just want the walk-ins. That's the most entertaining part oh, to yeah. me. Sure, <laughs> yeah. There's a splash. I mean, there was a large man <laughs> did a splash last week. Uh, who was that again? It wasn't Otis. It was. Um, it was shoe. No, no, no. Something. It was, who um, did it? Who was the man who did the what splash? What the hell is that guy's name? It doesn't matter. He was Damian in... Priest. No, no. Anyway, I, like I thought that I thought there was a. Ah, he's, he's a fairly new guy he's newish or who he cares in the match we'll anyway. figure it out during the break uh, when we come back Tass Mellis with the worst of the week nominees don't go anywhere looking for an assist with your credit card but you can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24-7 US based live customer service from Discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Okay, the wrestler that we saw do a big old splash on our last playback when we watched 30 seconds of Raw was Bronson Reed. Mm. But we also saw, shout out to Jerome for reminding us on Slack, uh, Ricochet did a shooting star press. And we uh, gave a shout out to Billy Kidman. (laughs) 
that was our 30 seconds raw review there uh, from playback. So we'll do it again, Perfect. maybe. We'll jump over. You never know. Uh, okay, let's get two. There's two big men going at it. Jokic and Embiid. Hopefully we see a big man matchup. Yeah, it's like, mm. like Otis versus Bronson Reed or something, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, let's get to Worst of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Worst of the Week. Us for talking about WWE, perhaps. Uh, but <laughs> we, we it, do have man. a repeat. I do, I love 15 seconds. I love tuning into the 48-hour bonanza that is WrestleMania for 15 seconds. <laughs> I can't believe they still... They do that for two days. Anyway, uh, the Grizzlies' Dylan Brooks. Two days, two weeks. Back-to-back weeks for this guy. This week after playing the Mavs, Dylan Brooks, he was asking for Kyrie Irving's jersey. Kyrie said, nah. Dylan, well, he got Kyrie's jersey, but Kyrie just (laughs) decided, no, I don't want your jersey. I'm just moving on. He played it off really well, played it off really smoothly. When he was asked about it afterwards, he said he was just moving on to the next thing. That's where my mind was. Maybe I'll get it from him next time, but he just didn't want his jersey. Played it well. So sorry, Dylan. You got you to be nominated for that. Uh, and then his rival, Draymond Green, was prodded by his producer on his podcast to talk about this. And uh, we have the clip of Draymond talking about it. By the way, do, uh, Jackson want me to talk about uh, Kyrie not, not taking Dylan Brooks' jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. 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 That's it. Wow. <laughs> Quite wow. the insult. <laughs> yeah, no, just, just, wow. just a good laugh. Uh, so Dylan Brooks, he received his 18th technical foul in that game as well, meaning he's suspended for the second time this season. Too many techs. He's suspended for one more game. So that's uh, back-to-back weeks. Here he is, a yeah. worst of the week nominee last week. He pushed a camera person, if you remember that. Yeah, I remember then that. he was fined $35,000 over the weekend for that push. On the court, otherwise, things are going all right for Dylan Brooks, actually. <laughs> they won. Beat the Warriors. Doing all right. I was going to say, do you think no he jersey. can do it uh, next week? Do you, you think, think he can go back to back to back? To back, to back? <laughs> I mean, it's very difficult to three-peat. It's true. In worst of the week, especially. But we'll see. If we'll anyone can do it, Dylan Brooks. Kind of, what kind of performance you got, Dylan? Easily, you know, some attire or something, because we mentioned that That's last a great week. Great call. So this is probably his th- third worst of the week. Did he get it for the dick punch on? Is that on Mitchell? I don't think so. He didn't get it for that. So. Did he get it for uh, fighting with Shannon Sharp? Oh yeah, he didn't get it for yeah. that. He's got to have three or four that, by this point. What a season! Yeah, he would get the banner in the old oh, starter yeah, yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. Dylan oh, Brooks. Man. Oh, his mug on it would be great. As we, uh, he's got to keep it going. Grizzlies have won seven of eight. Yeah. Oh, they're playing. He's playing better. <laughs> That's working good. Dylan, yeah. Dylan. This is. I, I checked because he's got 18 techs leading the NBA. I checked if he was a, a serial technical foul getter. If he was up there the last few years, no, he's not. Hmm. So he's got to keep it up. You're right. Just just keep on getting these. <laughs> well, tech there fouls. was a huge conspiracy going around that he's actually the greatest teammate of all time. And Dylan Brooks, his behavior over the last couple weeks was all like a, a smokescreen to draw attention away from John Morant and his struggles and what was going on in his life to get all of us just focusing on Dylan Brooks being a weirdo. Uh, there was no no focus on John Morant. It worked perfectly. Well, there was less. I mean, we did talk a lot about Dylan Brooks, man. 
<laughs> a whole lot. Yeah. A whole lot. Yeah. yeah. I think he's a great teammate. I'm sure he is. Best of the week. All he right. was wearing a cardigan with nothing underneath. <laughs> oh, I missed that. That's crazy. That seems itchy to me, but I'm sure he has luxurious fabrics. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, that's not even that crazy for him. Yeah, yeah, right? Totally. Like, like, oh, you had a shirt on? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, all right. I've turned. I've changed my mind. I've been on Dylan Brooks. Oh, no. I was out on Dylan Brooks for the entirety of his career until March, yeah. basically. And now I'm in. He started talking trash, getting technicals, and playing better. It's yeah, perfect. Better, for sure. I'm excited for the series where he loses the Grizzlies a game going oh, yeah. 4-21 and then wins them a game in the same series because he locks somebody up at the end or hits six threes. And hits a game winner or something like yeah. that. Like that'll happen in, within like oh, yeah. a four day window, and I'm I'm here for it. So go on, Dylan. Yeah, and it's interesting that he's turning into Draymond Green in some degree. You know, just being loud, talking a lot, backing up his teammates, getting texts. It's working, and he's it, the clip came out recently be, uh, when he was with Oregon that he said he wanted to be Draymond Green, right? <laughs> Essentially, right. And now it's working, so. Keep it up, for sure. All right, second nominee, the Mavs and the referees, unfortunately. The Mavericks allowed the easiest basket in the history of the NBA. We talked about it. It was an inbound under their defensive hoop. They stood on the other side of the floor. There's five Warriors under their hoop. How do you explain that? So it's mostly on them. But after thinking about it a little bit more over the last 24 hours, I think the refs should be held a little bit more culpable. I I still think it's 75-25. Okay. But maybe I was swayed by Mark Cuban tweeting at me. Oh, that's what's happened. Well, it's still the Mavs' fault. There's no doubt. But but I tweeted a video of Jordan Poole hanging out with the referee literally for 15 seconds before he inbounded the ball. And the Mavs were on the other side of the floor scratching themselves, essentially. They were just hanging out on the other side of the floor. Cuban replied, said, Then why was the ref who said it was our ball lined up by our baseline and not on the other side of the court? I can answer that. And why did they blow the whistle after the play to clarify rather than before? Because the ref knew he had made a mistake. They have to all give the thumbs up to start. Mm. Okay, so I do think there's a little point in this unwritten referee rule that they have to give a thumbs up to each other. Okay, so he's saying there's miscommunication between the officials, right? That's what Cuban's really saying here. That maybe some of them knew it was, of course, the Warriors' ball, but this one particular referee thought it was Dallas Mavericks' ball. That's what he's saying. Well, he's saying the one guy was on our side. You're referring to the... He said a few things. He's saying the one guy was on our side. But he was... The referee just goes where the players are. I mean, he's like... He has to be where... Oh, I see what you're saying. He was outside the baseline. It's not... That's where the referees go. The referees goes where the players are. They officiate where the players are. Where do you want the referee to be on the other side? Like, he's behind the player. You always have to have a referee behind all the players. Mm. So that part I don't really okay. care. The the whole thumbs up thing. Like, again, we said it yesterday. There could have been better communication. Of course. Yeah. The refs could have said, okay, before I give the ball to Jordan Poole, here's my thumb. Uh, do you want to tell these guys that they should be coming down here? But also the the Mavs didn't pipe up. There's a lot of confusion. There's <laughs> yeah, a lot so. of confusion. I'm with you. Uh, in the ensuing days, I've become more anti-ref pilled on this one. Uh, I heard Jeff Van Gundy talking on Zach Lowe's podcast, basically just saying, 
this is complete mismanagement by the referees. This kind of thing doesn't happen in other sure. games, and similar confusion could have happened. The way everybody is set up, it looks like the Warriors should be bringing the ball to play de- to play against the Mavs playing defense, but that's completely flipped for literally everything. Should have been some thumbs up. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, they the Mavs botched it. The refs botched it. Yeah, and you know. Suck it, ref. The Mavs, <laughs> the Mavs botched it. The ball is down at that end. You you thought it, you were inbounding the ball. Why is there no one inbounding the ball? Yeah. Done. <laughs> like, what what did they think? That the ball was coming to the other end, which would have been the opposite way they were also going? Also true. Yeah. Yep. Don't, don't ask like, what did so they think, because they were not thinking. No, That's clear they no. were not thinking. Why did the ref blow the whistle after the play to clarify rather than before? Well, because it was the most confusing play in NBA history. So there was going to be a Too whistle. They were going to yeah. talk about it. And again, they may have been, they may have made the mistake of not talking a little bit more and saying, hey, team in blue, you know where the ball is? The ball is over there. Why not go near the ball? Again, I showed the clip of Jordan Poole sitting there for 15 seconds. That was a long time. We get into this idea, should there have been like sportsmanship displayed by the referees? Because you could argue like, okay, they don't know. They're, they're, they have no idea that it's actually Warriors ball. They're on the wrong end of the floor. The official, in theory, could be like, just hold on, pool. Just hold on. Guys, you're down here. Yeah, like I could, said, what could. we do yeah. when we coach grade exactly eights right. or eight-year-olds. That's so, why Poole was trying to confuse yeah. him. Poole was talking about something else, and then all of a sudden he said, <laughs> Well, Poole realizes, ball, hold on, hold on, yeah, it's our here. ball. And he's like, okay, this it's your ball. This is Poole, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He is demanding yep. the ball, and the official's like, well, I guess it is your ball, so... Here you go. Yeah. yeah. And the ref, the ref, watching it again, the ref says, we're here. Here's your ball. And I guess his thumb was in his fist or whatever. <laughs> did, do we, did we learn if Cuban actually filed the protest? We don't know. Did it really happen or was that all him talking up a big game? Because I think he's, the window is getting smaller here, so I don't know. I haven't seen anything that it's officially been protested. Anyways, Cubes, come on the show. We'll talk about refereeing some more. Why don't we do it now with our third nominee for Worst of the Week? It's the referees again. Oh my God. Again. This one's going to be short. This okay. one's going to be short. But week to week to week, we got to talk about the referees on this show. Thunder Clippers Tuesday near the end of the first half. Kawhi wasn't happy with a non-call. He clapped. Ref teed him up. Teammate Terrence Mann comes over and says, come on, that was a foul. Where was the call? Gave another clap. Referee did not like that. Gone, Terrence. So Kawhi just got one tech. Terrence Mann got two. In the second half, the referee came back and told Kawhi, apparently. Kawhi said he came back in the second half and said, that was my bad. I made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. A little too late, though. You tossed a guy for no reason. And they did end up losing the game. Not just because Mann was out, but... They did end up losing the game, and the league officially rescinded Mann's second tech foul, which was not deserved. The game won, though. Mm-hmm. No clapping no in clapping. basketball. <laughs> so it's it's just like we can't go a few days without talking about the rest, unfortunately. And in this instance, they made a mistake. It has. It has, but it you, has. You brought up earlier why LeBron called out the media. It just seems like players are calling out every person who has any sort of say, the media, the refs, they're just calling everything out. They're just being empowered, and that's fine. I think that's totally fine. Just adds a little bit of spice. Nobody likes this ref player stuff overall, but we just know too many refs' names. They call too many things. Put away the whistles. There's a little, Just let the them official down. was a little too emotional last night. But you know what's interesting? Where we don't point out, it was, um, what's his name? Was it Leon Wood last night? 
I don't want to know. It was Leon name. Wood with Julius Randle, right? We were talking about him going crazy and getting the technical at the end of the first half. But he was going nuts. Oh, yeah. And Leon Wood, to his credit, he eventually had to give him a technical. But he took... A lot of Randall being pissed off, frustrated. They're getting hammered by the Magic. He thought he got hit, you know, right at the end of the half. And he let them get away with a ton. And, like, we don't really illustrate or point these instances out where that's good officiating. He knows the guy's hot-headed and he's got a temper right now. And he's like, all right, I'll give you a tech. I could have easily tossed you. You're coming at me. You're probably yelling things. But it's a former player maybe in Leon Wood. I don't know. He just handled it a lot better than... Some of these other officials would have. I, think. I would love so. to see ref stats ref on ex players giving technicals. <laughs> oh, interesting. I bet they give less. I bet there is a longer leash for players with uh, the referees who used to play in the NBA realizing I'm not going to kick you out yeah. for yelling at me. Yeah. I remember what it was like to get mad at referees. I guarantee they give less techs. That's probably true. I also want to see how fast they give it. Time per tech. Let's get TPT. that NBA he took so ref long stat. Yep. Did last night. <laughs> so long. And even that's why, like, I think quickly he's like, all right, man, like, you are going to get tossed from this game. Like, it's incredible you haven't yet. And then that's why they get into it as he's trying to pull him away and get him to the locker room. But anyway, best of the week to Leon Wood. (laughs) I believe that's his name. Yep. Yeah. Uh, All right, so who gets it? I mean, it's not a good week for the officials. It's never a good week for Dylan Brooks. But what do the people think? Worst of the week. Put it to a vote? Put it to a poll? Why not? Let's do it. Okay. So who are you going then? You got to go. You're going Dylan Brooks. Mark Cuban and the Mavs, or yep. like, and then just officials. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do Mavs referee controversy. Uh, all right, all and right. then just straight up refs, <laughs> but not Leon Wood. Yes, please note that refs minus Leon Wood. <laughs> Get your votes in. Okay, we gotta take our final break here on the Drop Podcast. When we come back, pick them results and rapid fire fun. Don't go anywhere. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Last night's game was once again the Clippers-Lakers. Excuse me, Clip. <laughs> Let me try that again. Last night's game was Thunder Clippers. And the Clippers won. They were the favorites. I saw that line move from two and a half to four and a half, but it didn't matter. They got it done. You guys got it right. Trey 10 and 7, Tass 5 and 12. It bumped me down below 500. I'm 8 and 9 for the month of March. What's tonight's game? Pistons, Raps. Does Dwayne Casey still have it over the Toronto Raptors? Well. All they have to do is lose by 12 or less because the line is 12 and a half. The Raps favor by 12 and a half. Skeets and myself think they're going to cover that big, big, big line. Trey, you're going with Dwayne, the Dwayne effect. <laughs> I understand. When it Dwayne's, it pours. <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard for the Raps to beat their former That's coach. definitely true. He just... Get someone to play for him. They beat them last time, though, didn't they? Yeah, it was. I think it so. was close, yeah, though. Yeah, it was yeah, like it a, a, no, it was like a five-point game or so, four-point game. So yeah, this is a big line. But this is the only way the picks could go. 
It has to. Know, has to. Has to. Has to. Two homer picks, and I gotta take the the yeah, switch up. That's yeah. how it goes. It's a. It's, you have to swerve, and, yep. and you're in a pretty good spot with That's the right. way the Pistons and Casey play the raps. Very usually. fair. Uh, we will <laughs> find out tonight. Okay, let's end this drop podcast with some rapid fire fun. I got the questions this week. You guys got the answers. First one. We learned this week that Will Hardy's Utah Jazz are winning thanks to cheeseburgers, carrot top, and fun. Quote, I think the NBA turns a lot of these dudes into little old men, Hardy told the St. Lake Lake Tribune. Like, they're so worried about doing everything perfect that we got 22-year-olds eating fucking salmon and quinoa for every lunch. (laughs) End quote. Will Hardy. That's a great line. What are we doing? So my question off of this, what's something you do to feel young again? What's Will complaining about? Let them be kids. Winning games. The boys eat. Let the boys have some fun, Tess. You want them to have Cheetos? They're playing (laughs) so well for you, Will. They're going to win you this koi. You want to win the coach of the year, man? Let them eat salmon and fucking quinoa for every lunch. Anyway. Not every lunch. This is great stuff from Will. What's something something you do to feel young again? Well, I listen to new music. Okay. It's tough. Tough out there finding new music. I've never pronounced it. Young Ma. Never. It's Young M-A. That's what it's pronounced like. I, you know, I do it. I, you know, I go in, I go out, I fade in, I fade out. Yeah, I want to listen to new music. Nah, I don't. Yeah, I do. Nah, I don't. Sometimes I feel young, sometimes I feel like eating salmon and quinoa. What, uh, how do you do it? Do you, uh, <laughs> do you get your suggestions from your music service? Or do you turn to someone younger in your life? Uh, a young cousin or something? <laughs> I, type, I look at my keyboard, I type in a letter into the search bar. Oh. B. And just see what C, See what comes up. Bad Bunny. Beatles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Young or old. Either way. Uh, all right. What about you, Trey? Uh, argue about Disney characters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Huh, felt so good. <laughs> haven't thought about Aladdin or Simba that much in like 20 years. <laughs> having opinions on it felt very much like being, I don't know, like 12 years old. Aladdin could definitely beat up <laughs> Scar <laughs> if they fought. Felt great. Uh, you know, I said some things I regret. <laughs> Aladdin was a good guy. <laughs> he was a fine guy. Did you say he was a bad guy? <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't remember I said, you saying that. I said he was nothing oh, until the genie uh, showed up. No. Oh, yeah, you did say that. That's yeah. not true, man. He's a self made man. Yeah, he, he was a liar. Yeah, he's a thief. Yeah, yeah, he was a thief. He was power hungry, doing everything he could to get into the royal family. Yep. And meanwhile, Simba just wanted. His dad back. But you guys are right. Aladdin's a better character. <laughs> well, you also wow. said something wrong about uh, the Lion King. I, I said the Lion King up, uh, was, yeah. was based on uh, King Lear. It's really loosely based on Hamlet. Hamlet yeah. But uh, for sure, the Lion King has a better soundtrack. Not oh, even yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not was, even close. That was a debate oh, that a lot of, that yeah. got a lot of people going, for who's sure. A, who's a better musician, Elton John or Robin Williams? Well... <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They didn't make a a, a, a new movie about the Lion King because they didn't have a Will Smith. They didn't make a new Lion King. Well, who cares? Yeah, they did. The new Aladdin. <laughs> they they, they did, make man. all these. Man. I know, but <laughs> the new Aladdin what that got crushed to do with the music? it. I think like this the is the new Aladdin crushed. But there it. is a live action Lion King, is there not? Yes, but it's not worth anything. Okay. And compared to Aladdin, I, I agree. Guy Ritchie directed that one. It was beautifully shot. The one with Will Smith? Yeah. I never watched that. It's good. It's good? All right. Sure. Uh, okay, what's something... Is, sorry, are you done? Any uh, more on the Aladdin Simba? You're good? Okay. Nope. <laughs> nope. He still, he still believes 
And it's fair that The Lion King has a better soundtrack. That was the thing. It was better music overall than Aladdin. I think there's too many lyrics. <laughs> like, this is Elton John sometimes. This, this is a problem because he doesn't write the lyrics. So you got Tim Rice writing the lyrics, and he just tries to jam them all in. Like, can you feel the love tonight? If you listen to that, just listen to it tonight. There's a lot of lyrics just jammed in those verses. Mm. But the Can You Feel the Love Tonight is a great hook. Uh, yeah. I cannot deny it. It's a great soundtrack, Trey. It's a great soundtrack. I think I like Aladdin better. Desert Island, I'm picking Aladdin over. Mm. <laughs> to repeat <laughs> listen. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's something you do to feel young again, JD? Oh, it's play pickleball because I'm by far the youngest person out there other than Rachel. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Rachel's like there now. Plan, yeah. They refer to her as the kid. She's no, a 45 year old woman. Oh, that's they, she's awesome. like, oh, here, here's the kid. Watch <laughs> out for the kid. That's amazing. <laughs> so you are, yeah, you're young in these I'm a young stages. guy out there. Yeah, yeah. Do they know you got a podcast about pickleball? Uh, Get these people on. Right? Probably yeah. should. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Whoever has the highest duper rating is the next guest. Dude. <laughs> 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 I, I got a cramp. <laughs> this guy's cramping oh. up. I knew it, man. I, I, you, I, I was you, leaving today. I was like, I'm going to cramp up on the show. Morning, yeah. I hooped this morning. I hooped last night. I ate a banana as I was leaving, but oh, it's. <laughs> It couldn't, it's, a, it's a big one. I couldn't it's tell. I couldn't tell one. if you were committing to the bit of calling no. pickleball people old no, yeah. and pretending no. you were cramping. Can feel the cramp. This is good. You, you need a Theragun, man. Yeah. I got one. You yes. need. You need a okay, friend got, like I me. Got, yeah, I got, yeah. <laughs> ask, ask the next question. I'm going to grab a Theragun. Okay. okay. <laughs> He'll survive. He's going to oh get. going to get it up. Yeah. Get some elevation. Okay, next oh, okay. one. We you played, you played, you played through pregnancy, Serena Williams. Sorry, this, guy's, this guy's podcasting through a cramp. Oh, he's standing. Maybe. Oh, that helped. That probably helped, though. There you go. JD's gone to get him a Theragun. I bet Rachel's using it right now. She probably played pickleball this morning. She's probably in the other room. Right in the back of the... Back of the leg? Back of the hammeroo. Oh boy, here he comes. Here I comes hit my JD. right hammy last night. Oh, this is. There he is. Alright, okay. fire it up. Fire it up. You ever use one of those? Do you have uh, one? Not regularly, or not not for more than like a tryout. Like, is this cool? How does it work? But man, I'm <laughs> loving it right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's gonna really <laughs> loosen you up. Uh, okay, let's keep going. According to Nick DePaula, Curry Brand is relaunching the White Chef Curry 2s on April Fool's Day with a twist. The updated design features a charred toe, which is a nod to Twitter roasting the original shoe, if you remember that. And then also Steph writing straight fire emoji on uh, his pair after. I think we have a photo. There it is. Uh, this was uh, this set Twitter ablaze when those Chef Curry 2s oh, yeah. came out. So they're re-releasing them on April Fool's Day. So that's pretty funny. So my question is, what's the ugliest shoe you've ever worn? It's going to sound weird, but the uh, Jordan 11 patent leather, because I purchased it, it's the, you know, it's the, the classic. Some call it the best shoe in the history of shoes. Okay. The patent leather. But I bought a fake. I bought <laughs> uh, actually from a shop in China, and it was not real oh. whatsoever. <laughs> so the fact that it's such a gorgeous, beautiful, pristine shoe as a real one, <laughs> one of the best ever, with all these 
little imperfections, stitching off here, <laughs> miscolor here, makes it so much more disgusting. Good deal, though? Probably. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I should have just been in Aladdin and stole that thing. Uh, but anyway. Uh, what about you, Trey? What's the ugliest shoe you've ever worn? Uh, it was the mid-2000s, was the era. I don't know if y'all had these, but they were very popular back in the day. Steve Madden is the brand I think of that makes them, and it's like... What is this? It's like a damn bowling. Yeah. It's like a bowling I, shoe that's so like ugly. A, a dress bowling yeah. shoe. I had the, like a, similar to this look was like a beige with oh. a, like a blue backwards H on it. Oh. <laughs> Everybody looked like they had duck feet, but like that I don't was the know. Time everyone was doing it. What were these shoes about? I <laughs> know. Square feet. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I had a pair of Steve Madden suit. Not white. I mean that is <laughs> that, was, that is <laughs> next level. Ugly, they were they were bad. Yeah. Oh, they were bad. They look big though. They look bigger than that's why. That's why yeah, I, yeah, I was like, "Oh, nice! These are in. <laughs> Give me a 14. Give me these clown shoes." Uh, what about you, JD? Ugliest shoe you've ever worn? Yeah, I mean, uh, I bought myself a pair of Birkenstocks over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I th- said I would never, ever. <laughs> Uh, but you know, here's a picture of my feet this morning. <laughs> oh, this is a with cool, the socks, this is a cool look, man. I guess. Cool. I think I mean, this is yes. uh, socks and Birkenstocks. Yeah, socks and Birkenstocks. It's the classic Canadian wool sock with the. Nice. Uh, you know, this is a, this is camp wear. You know. Yeah, that's camp wear. Sure. Yeah, it's fine. But uh, I also I have sunk to a new level because coming today, according to my tracker, are these babies? Ooh. It's a powder blue Croc I ordered. Oh my god. Okay. Now this is because you know. My backyard is a is a mess. I have a new dog, Hazel. She's tearing up the place, and I need to wear something out there that isn't the Birkenstocks. Oh, these are outdoor slippers. They're outdoor slippers. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That, and that's uh, fine. this color because they were the cheapest ones. So oh, they were on sale. So I was like, screw it. What did those go for? What was the- those ones on sale were like thirty bucks. They're normally Still fifty $30. bucks. Huh? All the kids at Jackson's high school wear Crocs. Oh yeah, sure, sure. What a run Crocs have had. Incredible. Crazy run. It's crazy. <laughs> you thought they'd be here for a year and gone. I remember people wearing them 17 years ago. Like, really? the nurses at the hospital. Well, they were told not to wear them, I remember. Well, they, yeah. Yes, exactly. But they were still wearing them, like, I don't know. When, when Lincoln was, it was being born, the nurses in the hospital were wearing Crocs. Wow. And like people were wearing, guys were wearing them in the kitchens, uh, working. Yeah, in, that's and true. That kind Kitchen of thing, and sure. they, they were just all the rage. Huh? And they're still going. They're just so comfortable. I what guess. amazing! Uh, I, are they comfortable? Oh, I don't. They You'll find out. Oh yeah, find out. Wait to see a photo of you and yeah, they're socks on everybody's feet. It's oh, yeah. not because yeah. how they look. Yeah. Uh, final one here. Uh, reality star Larsa Pippen got frank about her sex life during the recent reunion episode of The Real Housewives of Miami, claiming, bragging. Definitely lying <laughs> that she and her ex-husband Scottie Pippen had sex four times every single night until their divorce in 2021. Yes, Larsa Pippen claims to have had sex with Scottie Pippen over 33,000 times. Is that why we wore 33? <laughs> <laughs> I got a goal to hit. So I want to know what's something that you've maybe exaggerated before, Tess. I believe them first. <laughs> four uh, times every night. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but four times right up until the divorce. That seems unlikely. Also, Andy Cohen was like, he was an NBA <laughs> player. That's, that's he a traveled point. a ton. Right. Every night. And she's like, yeah, I traveled with him everywhere. Wow. 
That's what you said. So, anyway, what do you exaggerate? Um, I have exaggerated. Well, I exaggerate my shoe size for sure. <laughs> Up to an eleven. <laughs> what are you really? We're not going <laughs> ten and a half. <laughs> eleven sounds bigger. But isn't it more comfortable? Like the you saying, shoe? like yeah, a baggy a shoe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I uh, recently my made the. I'll uh, wear my Steve's twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I like my Steve Madden's extra Steve's. big, extra clunky. Um, uh, I made the uh, the change to a half size up though in my basketball shoe Why because not? you guys remember I kept like every time we play hoops I'd like have a bloody toe and you I'm, got like, a bad toe. Jeez, like I need more room down there. <laughs> Turns out you do. It's uh, it's well, better. You just had a small shoe. Like, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> they weren't. It wasn't small in, in any of my other shoes. That's the part that makes sense. I think it's the cutting and the moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before Not a lot of toe around. space. You could maybe try a pair of Steve Madden's. Bowling? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, I should run it up and down the court wearing Steve Madden's. <laughs> we should have a game where we could only wear Steve Madden's. Everybody has a pair, I'm sure. <laughs> Go in your closet. Dig out your 15-year-old pair of Steve Madden's. But at, at our run, you got to bring a pair of black Steve Madden's and white Steve Madden's. <laughs> you <gotta change. laughs> All right, so your shoe size, you've exaggerated. What about you, Trey? I uh, went on a podcast and compared myself to Nikola Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. slight exaggeration. He's better. He's a little better than me. <laughs> That's a good one. But uh, Nate Jones did uh, say that prime Trey Kirby at a media run is Drew Timmy. <laughs> yeah, like a crazy game last night. He's not very athletic at all. It's all spin moves and little dinks and dumps. I'll take it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, and JD, take us home. Something you've exaggerated before. Yeah, I always exaggerate how long we've been doing this show for some reason. I always say 17 years. Like this year, I've been saying, been doing this show for 17 years, but that's actually not it's the It's 17 case. NBA seasons. Yes. Yeah. But it's 16 years. I don't, I don't know why I feel the need to... An exaggeration would be like, yeah, I've been podcasting, producing podcasts for two decades. Right, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. No, but it's literally one, 17 years now. Well, is it 17 yeah, years? 17 years plus years. two months. What do you mean? No. Starting in 06. It's 17 years. Wait a minute. Because... January 06. Oh, you're right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe earlier this in season the it wasn't. Part of the yeah, the early right, part of the season. I was right, like, it's 17 oh, years. You can so round up a couple months, man. You don't need to. 16 years is, is enough. It's You're enough. right. Take it's it up to 20, man. 20 years. Of it yeah, I've heard some other exaggerations. So I'm yeah, definitely sure. dry. I exaggerated a total number of podcasts. Uh, I think I was recently on a podcast where I just dropped like, a, yeah, we've done like 5,000 podcasts. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. We've done, we done 5,000. I would call that more of an estimation than an exaggeration. We're closing in on 5,000 yeah. at least. It, it all gets into like, which ones are we counting Right, you know the spinoffs. You start adding all those up. Yeah. I mean, are yep, you counting yep, yep, other yep. just social, um, not not YouTube shorts, but other videos we've made before? Yeah, yeah. Five thousand pieces of media content. Eh, maybe that's not that <laughs> much of an yeah. exaggeration. It's, it's, I guess the question is, when do you start rounding down? Because it's like oh, I've been doing this for twenty-five years. Oh, I don't want to almost say ashamed. That. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, like. <laughs> You've been doing this for 25 years? Shame Shame round down. (laughs) (laughs) Shame round down. 20 years. (laughs) When you say 20 years, that does sound crazy. I mean, that's that's soon. That's soon. 20 years we'll be doing this. It's yesterday. Pretty much. We're nearing a thousand podcasts of no dunks. 
just with the athletics. Yes. Oh, you got it on your notes. It's right there. We did over 1,000 as the basketball Jones, over 1,300 as the starters, seven as the free agents. Let's not forget <laughs> cow, those. Man. Let's not forget the those cow. two weeks or whatever it was. And then, uh, yeah, another 1,000 coming up. Crazy. It's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, all right, that's rapid fire. So rapid. So fire. That's the drop. Thanks for joining us. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Make sure you keep your uh, your ears ready for this weekend's Fast Friends Tokyo Drift. That was a fun one to record with the guys. And get your tickets Monday, April 3rd in Houston, Texas. A live show from No Dunks presented by Neutral at the White Oak Music Hall. Doors at 5, show at 6. Special guest, Kelly Eco of The Athletic, covers the Rockets. He's going to join us on stage for a little bit, so that'll be a blast. And uh, then, if you want to stick around after the live show... They are going to show the NCAA championship game on the ginormous big screen <laughs> that JD says is potentially a LED screen, right. not even a projector. Yeah. Thank God. Those, although kind I guess we're in the basement, it's not going to be an issue with sun. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you ever watch a, try ever watch a projector and it's like too much light? It's impossible. <sighs> it's brutal. I can't see anything. I hate that. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, it'll be a blast at White Oak. Uh, come join us. That is coming up very El soon. El Neutral will flow. Oh, I think they might be. Man, I tell you, they What's better that? have the blackberry. Oh, they will. Lemonade. Well, we'll make that it. Put it the... in our rider. Ooh, JD. Yeah, you know, I will say this. No mango for us. Okay. Uh, you know what? I think it's my least favorite, and I love all the other ones. But I had a mango. Last night, sitting on the porch, beautiful day here in Atlanta. Great day for yeah. mango flavor. Dog sitting beside me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, just, I think it's me. It's I'm not a mango guy. I'm not a I mango guy. I don't drink mango either. juice. Yeah. I never really want a mango, like the actual fruit. Do you like mango? I like like, the like, fruit. like you oh, do? Yeah. Mango's fire. It's a juice? very good fruit. Mango, anything like mango. Mango, mango is a top tier fruit in my book. Doesn't wow. doesn't pair nicely with my my real seltzer and my real vodka. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Plenty of other flavors. All right, a lot yeah, of flavors out there. Flavors. Let's the make the most fun writer. pit. The mango has the most fun pit of them all. That seed, that crazy. I don't even know seed. what that thing is. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I love to slice the cheeks off a of mango. Oh, feed yeah. it to the kids. You can do the cool thing where you like cross yeah. slice it, mm. flip it out, and then you just get the gnaw on that seed. Disgusting, but so good. Yeah. Pure juice. All in your teeth, like Matty a corn hates cob. a mango, I bet. That's oh, a juicy yeah. fruit. Yeah, oh, he would hate that. He hates all juicy fruit. He does. Not Even the gum. The gum. Yeah. He loves the gum. <laughs> Ironically, like he loves, I loves the gum. gum. <laughs> <laughs> hates all real fruit. Uh, is this good? New one coming up there uh, at an early start of next week. That's so right. make sure you subscribe to that as well. And get on the Patreon. Uh, maybe he could rank his fruits or something like that. <laughs> Top. You, should, you, should, you should. Here's what you should do. This is good Patreon material. Okay. On camera, have Matteo have to eat all the fruits. Wow. <laughs> Is it good? Nope. All right, next Wait, fruit. <laughs> five fruits, yep. and he just has he eats them all. Yep, yep. Getting a mess, so messy. Man, that sounds but more make, like an OnlyFans like make than him, a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make him do it nude for sure. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for joining us on The Drop. Shout out to everybody joining us live. We really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe and hit that like button. We will see you when we see you next, but probably here on Monday from the Classic Factory. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Scotty Pippen War 33 because <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Brace the weekend, people.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.